Hello and welcome to the Brom Radio Book Show, our monthly look at the world of books. With me, novelist Mike Gale. Me? Uh, sorry, other novelists, carry on. Oh, oh well, yeah. You can introduce yourself if you like. <laughs> me, uh, Catherine O'Flynn, novelist. And I'm Blake. Well, right. he's not just Blake. He's, he's Blake, reader of like, I, more books you know than what? any of us. Do you know what? I have, this month, finished writing one. Yes, wow. indeed. Absolutely this is very wrote the end. Should we, should we give, the, give him that the, the handshake? <laughs> Welcome here the to Masonic, the uh, give, yeah. yeah. Give me the secrets of penury. And he's already misery. got his left leg, the trouser of his yeah. left leg rolled up, so um, yeah, yeah, he's ready to go. Um, so far, the only person who's read it is is the first chapter. My girlfriend's read the first chapter and said something on the lines of, I don't understand what the point of it is. So. <laughs> oh, that's not, right. it's not expressing that's any interest. Good, actually. That, that's good. That, that's good. That's, uh, we will see. We will your see. first negative feedback. Anyway, anyway, um, I am. I am very much. Uh, taking a lead from the actual professional writers in the in the outfit here, um, so so Mike, tell us more about the show. So um, we've got loads coming up. Uh, we're not uh, we're not live this month. So uh, if you email or uh, or phone us or do whatever you do, snail mail us. Um, burst in, burst um, in with no clothes on. Or, yeah, yeah, we won't be here. It yeah. will be somebody else. So, um, so we're not and, live. And, and it would be ironic because, let's be honest, no one has ever phoned us in the course of this entire know, show. We, we did have a phone number we for did a short while. It used to it, terrify me that someone might. But yes, you, you, can, you can't interact with us. Um, but you can still... You know, imagine what you would write if we were... <laughs> and you can respond to us on Twitter if you want to. Yes, yes. Even after you can, the event, can, we will see it. respond to us. You know, it will be, you know, not live, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll say hello. <laughs> um, so, uh, we're not live, but... Um, so, what has everybody been up to? I mean, it's been a while. Um, Blake, how has your world been? Um, well, I've been doing my usual thing of um, meeting lots of, of writers and hosting events, which I'm very, very glad and lucky to be uh, doing. One well, of those. He, he says he's not a, a literary man, and, and there is. What are you doing tomorrow, Blake? What am I doing tomorrow? Is well, I'm just going to hang out with my close personal friend, Mr. Jonathan. Coe, exactly, the, uh, England's greatest uh, satirist, surely. <laughs> he was yeah. about to say English greatest novelist. No, <laughs> he looks cross at us. <laughs> we might be offended. Yeah. The greatest. <laughs> The greatest writer the Birmingham region has certainly produced in the last 25 years, <laughs> with the exception. Uh, yeah, no, I'm doing, I'm doing that. And I've also, of course, done an event with you, Mike, for, for Mike's uh, book event, which will be too modest to talk about what a great success that was. Mike's book, uh, Half a well, World Blake, Away. Which, uh, uh, Blake was saying how lovely um, uh, my, my readers are. I think that's a really good reflection on you. I, I think that's you know it's very hard to you know what have that nice, he can disguise. I'm not saying my fans are the nice. I'm not sure I have any fans, but it's nice that you have like well-behaved followers. Well, I, I, as I was saying, I think it's it, it's interesting that Mike has had a, a career, a storied career of what 15 odd novels, and a lot of these people, you know, they really have sort of stuck with you. They've been fans for that time and they've grown up with you and as you know the subjects you've written about has changed as their lives have as well. People really feel like they they don't feel like they know you. I don't think any of them felt like sort of sort of you know ownership. But it was a really it was a really nice event, I have to say. I've done a lot of these events with with writers and it was one of one of my favourites. There we go, Mike. And how about you, Catherine? What have you been up to? Um, I well, in comparison, I've been rather sloth-like. I've, I've been, uh, I've started writing 
a sort of follow-up to the children's book I've got coming out soon, oh, which is um, so that's that's a rarity. We're doing some writing. That's been quite quite novel. Is, this is the first time you've done a, a follow-up. It is following. the first time I've ever done a follow-up, which is it's really crazy, isn't it? Because so much of the stuff that's difficult is already done. It's like you've got the characters, you've got the sort of setting. It's uh, it's just a matter of. Did you know you were going to do a follow-up? No, no, I didn't. I didn't. But luckily, I didn't do anything crazy like kill any of them off, <laughs> or you know. <laughs> so there is spoiler. The, the, <laughs> they both make it to the end of the oh, book. Okay, well, <laughs> both both twelve-year-old girls are not slaughtered. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if regular listeners, well, that's quite a rarity in my books. But yeah, they make it to the end. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. And you are having a launch event for that, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Um, if if you fancy coming along, it's September the fifth at Waterstones in Birmingham. So that again, so so much. If you fancy coming along, <laughs> I know you've got to wash your hair and stuff like that. Yeah, that's my birthday. Along. Is it your I, birthday? I will, I will, it will be my birthday treat. Oh, no, surely. That's a lot of pressure on me, Blake. I'll keep looking at you and thinking, he could be living it up in Pizza Express now, getting a complimentary <laughs> bottle of wine, and instead he's here. Okay. And um, I, I've had a, a, a quite a mad month, thanks mm. for asking. I was just um, about you. <laughs> no, I'll just jump in there. Um, no, so I've been doing loads of, uh, quite a lot of publicity um, for the, the new book. You're, and, you're um, everywhere. Um, I feel like I've seen you, you know, every day, really. Yeah, well, well, the, 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 the weird thing was uh, being on um, the, the um, Sarah, Sarah, what's her Cox. name? Cox. Sarah, Sarah Cox show uh, with... Um, Jamie Cullum. <laughs> Jamie Cullum. <laughs> Um, Just as well, we do follow your career well, closely you know, so we can... Because um, he's really nice, really, really nice. And I mean, there's no reason why he shouldn't be nice. No. But he was just really, really nice. And, mm. you know, he's like saying, oh, you know, uh, we end up talking about music on the on the, on the the show. Which yeah. Is, yeah anyway, he said, to, you know, he said, oh, you know, I, I quite, you know, I think my first, uh, uh, you know, one of my first gigs I went to was, um, you know, the wedding present. And I went, I love the wedding present. <laughs> and, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I think after that, it, it was... Uh, Don't say yeah, pavement. Jeff, Jeff Buckley. And it's just like, <laughs> I love Jeff Buckley. I know he's there at that gig. And it's just like, oh. And then we, it was just strange. We, we, and Ned's Atomic Dustbin as well. Wow, you wasn't... So, this isn't reflected, really, in his... Uh, in his well, no, there's no reason why it should do. No, um, no. Uh, it, but it, it, was, it was very nice. But it's, that's got nothing to do with books. Uh, currently, I am... Uh, Trying to put to bed the next book, uh, which is um, oh, I don't know. It's it's hard putting. Do you know what bed. though? We've been doing this show for quite a long time. <laughs> and I swear you finished about six it's, novels. Uh, but it, and he always and it's always the same. Oh, I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> it's always the same, and then it comes out, and then we see it's like this is my Gail's yeah. best yet. <laughs> and then and then twenty minutes later, he's finishing another one. Yeah, You're, yeah, <laughs> productive great. and successful. So can you tell us anything about the next um, uh, No, because if I, if I explain it, I would explain it badly, and and people will just be like, what? Um, but I, I do like. I just want to pick up on something you just mentioned, which is uh, people have been very nice and said, "Oh, you know, it's it's your best. I think it's your best double yet." And I kind of just think it's, it's sort of a double-edged sword. Mm. Well, it's a, it's almost, it almost feels like a triple-edged sword because it's like best yet. How do you feel about the, the ones that are past? Yeah, um, it's like telling someone they've lost weight. That says something about your person. I, I, I know I may have used this quote before, but it is one of my favourites. This is Joseph Heller was asked um, why he'd never written anything as good as Catch Twenty Two, and he said. It's true, I haven't. But then, neither has anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which is, which is well, well, you know, but it, 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 one of the things that, that's that's happened in the news this week is the 
is Alan Moore, the, mm. the, the sort of prodigious oh, yes, comic yes. writer, yeah. has announced his retirement. Now, I think this is interesting on, from what you've just said on the grounds that people, you know, writers sometimes, do they know when to stop? You know, do they? Is it always when people are saying, yeah, every book's a return to form, which is always a really bad exactly, sign. Exactly. Yes. Uh, you know, how, uh, is there a case for that, or, sh- or is it a calling you cannot stop? You well, well, it, well, it's interesting because uh, Quentin Tarantino has said that he's only going to do 10 films. Wasn't he? And, and so the tenth one, um, so he's got a new one coming out, which I think is number nine, and he's talking about um, the tenth film being a, a, a Kill Bill film. But I and remember when um, the uh, Manic Street Preacher said they were only going to release one album. Exactly, and and, and you know, and, and you know, how many times has Eminem retired in the streets as I th- well? I think as right as well. I think Jim Crace, uh, Birmingham novelist, retired, uh, and I think he's. Writing again, <laughs> so I think it's yeah. I think it's yeah. I think he possibly has, but you know. So I think. Um, so he's dead to us. <laughs> Just saying. I, I think it's. Um, I actually really respect writers who do that. Remember, Magnus Mills did that. He gave up writing to go back and be a bus driver because mm. he said, "Oh, you know, writing's fine, but I kind of liked being a bus driver and I missed it." And I, I kind of loved that he didn't put it on any particular pedestal. I mean, again, he went back to writing novels and exactly. continues to turn out yeah. great novels. But yeah. uh, I like I like that kind of. It, it does. It's not the. Oh, Sorry. It's not the boss of me, you know. No. I like that attitude. But there, there is something nice about, you know, and I can't help feeling it's a little bit like, you know, when people say, oh, "I'm leaving Twitter," and then they, uh, and then like, <laughs> five minutes later they're back again, yeah. and it's just like, you know, yeah. I'm leaving writing. I've always wanted to say, "I'm leaving writing," and this is it, and everyone goes, "Oh, are you really?" Oh, I'd love see who turns up at your funeral, and then yeah. it's just like, uh, yeah, now I'm back again. Yeah, but you know, it, you get to have your cake and eat it, mm. which uh, so Magnus Mills. Yeah. Cake eater. Cake eater. <laughs> Crace, cake eater. <laughs> More <laughs> remains to be seen. <laughs> uh, have we got anything going on in, 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 in Birmingham and the wider region? What's, well, what's uh, it's, it's the summer holidays, so the, the things are a little bit quiet. I think um, by the time this podcast goes out, it may be in the past, but on the 24th, I think, of uh, July, Mr. Jonathan Coe uh, <laughs> is, is doing an event. Yeah, I've just been told that 70 tickets already have have gone oh. so um, if, if you are in the past you might not have been able to get in anyway it was um, fantastic it was yeah. a really good event it was amazing though uh, and that's at the Waterstones but there's also a number of you know obviously there's lots of kids stuff on and uh, we're certainly glad of events that get uh, kids into reading and there's some great ones actually on at Waterstones this summer uh, the, A World of Walliams David Wallings, that is. Um, and that is from the 27th of July to the 4th of August, where they've got events on every day that are Walliams related. He and needs the publicity, let's face it. Yes, yes. <laughs> Say what you like about Walliams. Um, my kids love them. Really? Um, I think they're great. different. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, they're, they're, you know. um, Say, straw pole. Yeah. <laughs> it's 2v1. And um, there's also Horrible Histories events on from uh, the fifth film August. as well. Uh, yeah. yeah, the film I'm is coming out that. similar times. So it's, it's not the classic cast. No. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, still, it still looks good. Yeah. yeah. still yeah. looks good. And yeah, so there's those events there. Um, after the summer has finished, you, if you are interested in, in getting into writing, Writing West Midlands, as many of you may know, uh, host a range of events and there's a load of stuff they've got coming up sort of September plus if you go to the Writing West Midlands website you can find out more um, the first one they've got is is 
the kind of starting to write prose and scripts. So the real kind of, uh, but there's a, there's an event on uh, writing poetry as well. We won't go into that. Um, but they also have one on uh, writing thrillers, uh, which Liam Brown is hosting. Uh, and then further on the horizon, I'm looking forward to the Birmingham Literature Festival, which is not till October, but um, we are going to be there in our guise as the uh, Brum Radio Book Show. And we are going to be providing you with... Um, Backstage gossip, that's what I'm calling it. Wow, I bet that'll be exciting. (laughs) Will you be in situ for the entire thing? Uh, I'm going to be the kind of uh, podcaster in residence, so we can pick who we want to speak to and they'll be like wow. forced to uh, to conduct wow. an interview with us and wander around. I so can that's... only imagine the level of the backstage gossip at the Birmingham oh. Literary Festival. Yes, indeed. Oh, well, there may, be some, there may be some poets there <laughs> so there'll be some dissolution going on. So yeah, that's that's what I know. How about you, Catherine? What is um, going on with you in Birmingham? Well, just, just with you. the one thing I was going to mention was at the end of August, the, um, the long long-lasting Mosley Folk Festival mm. has uh, is this year for the first time called the Mosley Folk and Arts Festival and oh. so it's got quite a few writers lined up and I am actually doing an event there and it is quite terrifying for me because a, a bit, bit like a bit like you with uh, poetry I'm afraid folk is my Achilles heel well and I'm slightly frightened I might get stuck in a I have been to the Mosley Folk Festival and I tell you it, it is folk in name only yeah I, that's what I mean in, in, in just the same way it's mostly jazz is, you yes, know it has yeah. very little relation to jazz yeah, so yeah. It, I think I'll be I th- I'm sure I'll be safe but there's a lot of um, there's people like um, <clears throat> excuse me Daisy Campbell Stuart McConey Bernadette Russell doing things there so there's quite a lot of um, and are you talking about anything in particular or just, oh. just being you or <laughs> that would there not be no fine that would be fine no I'm going to be that will actually be the first event I'm doing for the new book so I'll be it'll be weird because I guess I'll be doing a children's event to kind of lots oh, of oh right okay you're great. Really How old are you with children? Oh God, this is remains to be seen, Mike. This is something that's keeping me awake at night. Uh, yeah, children's. I must. I reckon I just wear a pair of rainbow gla- yeah. braces, yeah, that's it, yes. big Bobby yeah. Dazzler glasses, <laughs> and then talk in my usual monotone about urban regeneration. <laughs> and it's, it'll be a winner. Remember, remember to say groovy a lot. Groovy, big yeah. So, what day are you on? Um, the Sunday, whatever that is. The yeah, first of September. I have tickets ready for the for the Friday. Ah, well, there you go. Oh, you're lucky. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I've only got one thing. Um, it, it's, it's just a little mention about uh, Aesthetica Creative Writing uh, Award 2019 is now open for submissions. The award celebrates excellence in poetry and short fiction, um, supporting new writing talent and presents writers with a fantastic opportunity to further their involvement in the literary world. Deadlines are for the 31st of August. Uh, If you want to know more, just Google Aesthetica Creative Writing Award. And so, uh, yeah, that, that should be that. Fantastic. So shall we talk about some books we have done reading? Mm. So are we not doing the book of the month? Yes. Yes. Right, okay. That's one of the books we're going to be reading. Yeah, right, okay. I, mean. I don't. I mean, well, we're going to talk. Um, we have a debut. A debut. Yes. yes. Not, yes. Right? yes. Uh, and so, uh, Catherine is going to tell us what the, uh, the the book of the the debut of the month. A sorry. debut of the month. Yeah. It's little. Uh, I, I said a while back I wasn't doing debuts anymore, and here I am. But like, just like all those people pretending exactly. to retire, I can't. I can't keep away. And the cake and eat it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, we were just inundated with mail bags of people saying, "No, please don't give up on the review debut." So I've, I've changed my mind. Um, so yeah. 
this month I read um, Queenie by Candice Carty-Williams, which came out, I think, I think it's been out since about April, actually. It's been out a few months. Um, And it's, um, I guess it's fair to say it's one of those books that's had quite a lot of hype and attention. It makes me laugh, though. One of the things I read about it, it was was subject to uh, an auction and, and, you know, she got a six-figure deal. I love this. It's always this euphemism, which was a six-figure deal. But, um, but yes, so it was a hotly contested auction. And I believe she was discovered by Jojo Moyes. Well, I can tell you, because Jojo's a mate of mine. So uh, Jojo is so lovely that she wanted to give back, um, but in a really nice, genuine way. So she um, ran a competition to allow somebody to give somebody uh, a week in uh, a cottage on her premises. Uh, (laughs) That's quite terrifying. (laughs) um, With which to kind of finish a novel. Not just cleaning it or decorating it. <laughs> she, she got lots of entrants. She read through them, uh, and uh, Candace is the is the one that she chose, and she really loved it. Candace came uh, and uh, stayed at her place, and uh, they got to work together a little bit, and and you know she got to work for a whole week uninterrupted, and uh, yes, and I think that sort of patronage, uh, I think, definitely helped matters. Oh it? yeah, it's really. I mean, that, that's that is a great thing to do, and it's. Uh very sorely needed. I think um, the book I, I really enjoyed. It's, um, I mean, it's been it's been sort of as as often books that are hyped are. It's been subject to all kinds of lazy descriptions, and mm. you know, one, one that's been uh, bopped around a bit is you know, oh, it's a black Bridget Jones, mm. which I, I was finding really reductive and offensive. But then I discovered that I think Candice herself actually initially <laughs> saw it that way. She had, and indeed, you know, one of the key characters in the book, uh, the main character is Queenie, but one of her best, best friends is called Darcy, and I think this is a little nod right. to. Uh, but she said herself, you know, she started off seeing it as, as, as that was the kind of you know. She used to work in Penguin, so I guess she got a pretty good idea of how publishing yeah. works. So that was the kind of idea she had in her head. But she realised, as she writes, it was never going to be, you know, it, 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 she's not Bridget Jones, you yeah. know, she's not Helen Fielding, it's it's its, its own thing. Um, and so, yeah, it's about a woman in her 20s, Queenie, who's um, at the start of the book, her boyfriend tells her he wants a break. And this kind of sets her off on a whole um, sort of downward spiral, really, of... Um, uh, really ill-advised uh, relationships and sexual encounters with a complete shit parade of, of men, really. I mean, the men in the book are quite out of this world. Um, and she's having a hard time at work. She works for a local, for not a local newspaper, a newspaper online online newspaper I think there's another word for those but anyway and she's trying to you know pitch stories about Black Lives Matters and the editor's always trying to get her to do stories about you know catwalk fashion instead Um, and so it's 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 far more um, I think it's far more lacerating and hard hitting than Bridget Jones because she has got you know horrendous uh, self-esteem issues and a lot of the relationships she's and sexual encounters she has are incredibly damaging and it's quite it's, it is funny it's a funny book but it's also pretty hard to read in parts yeah. you think for Christ's sake what do you do woman mm-hmm. <laughs> but it sort of shows the way in which you know this this happened it's not it's not that unusual a, t- a tale um i think um it's parts of it kind of stretch credulity a little bit i found it really hard to understand why tom had said he wanted a break and why he kind mm. of um it's, it's kind of hard that he just walks away from her for so long but it's it was really interesting i think because i i started off thinking yeah this is a really engaging funny book then I thought, oh, it's really quite a dark book. And then I thought, ah, oh, yeah, I kind of know where this is going and felt, 
you know, I knew, I knew what it was. And then all of a sudden, I was sitting on a crowded train and it, it, I burst into tears at one passage. Wow, <laughs> wow. So I, I kind of, I'm quite annoyed with Candice Cartier because I just wasn't expecting this at all. There was just one page towards the end that just destroyed me about her mother. And um, so she's really, I mean, I think... I guess I think the book could have been a little bit shorter, but I think she's definitely, you know, a writer to watch and she's got a great range, being able to do that kind of the darkness, the humour and, you know, making me cry in a really embarrassing way on a train. <laughs> it was really embarrassing. That sounds amazing. I, I mean, I've heard such really good things about it and um, I actually met Candace um, back in the early, early in the year and she was yeah. really lovely. Um, but I, I think it's quite interesting that she's... She's left, you know, she's got this publishing background because there aren't actually that many black people in publishing no, anyway. No. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I know it, it's. Um, I definitely. Where do you think she's going to go next, though? Do you, think, do you think it'll be part two of this story or. I don't know. I mean, she says herself, you know, she's, she's moved on from that now. She's no longer, you know, in her mid 20s and that isn't the person. You know, she, she's not that Queenie was her, but she yeah. but it sort of reflected elements of her life then. I mean,. Yeah, I, I think her strengths really, you know, I just thought the family relationships were amazing. So I hope she sort of plays to those strengths, you know, whatever she does. But she could, she can write what she likes, really. That's well, nice she... of me. <laughs> <laughs> Big of me, isn't it? Write what you like, Candice. Well, it's interesting. I mean, she, she was working for Penguin and, yeah. and, and she's handed in a notice now. She's a, a full-time writer. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So we can yeah. only assume that she'll be uh, working on her, her next book. I mean, I want to ask you just one question because I know you talked about this Bridget Jones diary and mm. people also described it as like a black flea bag. Mm. And it, it does sound a lot you know, superficially like that as well. Yeah. Do you think there's something particularly that black writers have um, where people, uh, you know, is it that publishing is more, it finds it more difficult to put them in position? I was thinking as I read Marlon James' uh, fantasy novel recently, yeah. described as an African Game of Thrones. Yes, yeah. It had, it had absolutely no, it, that, that didn't make any sense other than it was just an easy way to pigeonhole it. I just wondered whether or not black writers in particular focus that or is it all debuts? I think it's all debuts. I, I think it essentially... It's a marketing thing. You, you've you've got to sell your idea. And mm. actually, when so, if someone said to me, you know, uh, an African Game of Thrones, that sounds pretty sexy. Mm. Um, <laughs> if someone said, you know, you, you can get these things wrong. It is but very I, sexy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, when I, uh, it, can, it can sound very crass and reductive, can't it? But yeah, I know, yeah, I think you're right that it's coming from a place of just cheesy selling, isn't it? Yes, yeah. And yeah. I, I, I think the, the really important thing, though, is what I really like about what Candace has done is that she's got into this under time something. She's a black, yeah. she's a black writer yeah. writing about a black woman. Yeah. And has got into Sunday Times Top 10. And it's that, that old thing of people constantly saying, oh, you know, uh, people are only interested in, in books that are about themselves or books yeah. that reflect that. And yet it's done really well. It's and, done, yeah. you know, that I think that's a really important thing to just to say to publishing. Actually, you know what? We can have lots of different voices. Yeah. And yeah. it's not the end of the world. Yeah. And, you know, the whole reason, I think the whole reason why people... You know, I think I think we get sold this idea that you know we're desperate to see ourselves in fiction. But yeah. Actually, we're just desperate to experience the human condition in in whatever form. You know, you don't have yeah. to be um, Indian to be interested in, in in books about the Raj. You, you know, yeah. you don't have to be. I don't know. I was going to go about talk about aliens then, but um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you said that as well. But, but, but exactly. You know, I, I, I feel like it, you know, I'm always mm. really shocked when. 
Um, you know, they, they touch out the, the, the whole um, idea that you know men don't read books by women, and it, that's never occurred to me. It just simply has never occurred to me not to read a book because it's about a woman. It's mm. bonkers. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, I, I don't know if we've read uh, Stephen Pinker's book, The Better Angels of Our Nature, which is about the, it's a sort of big overview of possible explanations to why globally violence as a phenomenon is, is declining you know and we often think well that can't possibly be true because everything's awful but it is and one of the one of the theories on this is is uh, fiction or particularly reading once you had mass people able to read um really the first time people could understand that other people have inner lives you know you, yeah. you know it's one of those things where it's, even though you, people are murdered sort of intellectually understood it but once you actually read yeah. a novel about someone who isn't like you and you go oh god they have feelings too that person yeah. um, it's like know, Matt Hayes referring to books as empathy machines mm. isn't yeah. it it's like yeah. it's exactly or, that or, or similarly you know realising that somebody in a different country having different experiences can actually have similar experiences mm. Feel the same or, way about them. Feel, have a similar yeah. in life to them, as well. and that's yeah. what books. Uh, I just don't think anything else quite does that. No. Any other form, even even other art forms, I don't think they ever quite do it the same way books do. Mini golf. Mini golf <laughs> is the possible <laughs> exception for that. Frisbee golf. <laughs> so, right. well, that is a, a thumbs up for Candace. I yeah, believe. yeah. So that's called uh, Queenie. Queenie. It's got a beautiful cover as well. I had to cover MV. Do you get that sometimes when you see other authors' books? Yeah. You think, God, I wish I'd ever had a cover that cool. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't have a picture of a woman. <laughs> You know, so Queenie's hair. Obviously, that would be pretty weird on one of my books. But Let's it's a hope your cover. Uh, your current uh, cover artist isn't listening. <laughs> I, I like it very much. <laughs> right now, um, um, we, 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 I wanted to talk to you about um, writers because we were talking about um, social media. Weren't we, Niall? Uh, sorry, yeah, do Niall then, um, Mike, around um, being a writer. And having a kind of um, touch on the world because it was a well, there was, there was an interesting uh, article in the Independent which which basically made the comment: um, Do you need a social media platform in order to get a publishing deal? And it really resonated with me because I've been speaking to somebody in publishing, um, and they've been talking uh, only recently, and they've been talking about um, they've been talking about auctions and you know. You know, when they make a bid for uh, for a new debut author, you know, one of the things that they actually do take into consideration is their social media platform. Yeah. And I was I was absolutely really shocked by this because you know, on the one hand, you can kind of go right. I understand it's it's, it's purely a marketing thing, but on the, on the other, you know, why should good writing be have any connection mm. to? You know what you do on the internet, you know, on your Instagram or. But it is, it's a pure commercial decision, isn't it? Like, well, 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 this is it, yes. And so there, there have been, it's interesting, there have been quite a number of successes and, and sort of failures. And so, um, you know, currently in, in publishing, uh, clearly not fiction, but um, the, the, cookbook, the Book of Nom, is it mm. Book of Nom, is it? Mm. Um, something like that. Uh, you know, apparently sold something like 230,000 copies in three days. And that was all based off a, I'm guessing it was an Instagram feed, was it? I think, they, yeah, there might be a website, you know, some yes. cooking thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, um, and, you know, of course we had, um, you know, it was a bit like the Gold Rush, you know, maybe a, probably two years ago, where all the YouTubers yeah. were suddenly... Yeah. Thinking yeah. about how they're going to monetize things, and so yeah. we know we had things like um, Zoe Sugg's novel, Online Girl, yeah. and um, you know whenever I go to a charity shop, it, it, it's just there. It just felt <laughs> like um, 
Everybody got it for Christmas. Yeah. And but there's there's been no follow up. I don't know whether there. Don't believe so. No. But there was a, for a short while. Debbie Smith did do try to do a similar thing to their Richard and Judy thing, and they yeah. had a, a Zoe Sugg doing children's books. Mm. And, and, and you know I can I can possibly see how that might work. But just her, you know, selling the book is, is quite a strange thing. It's so, sort of like singles versus albums, isn't it? It's this yes, kind of yeah. thing of like let's let's get something out quick that's sort of high sugar, low nutrition content and get a lot of quick sales. But but then equally, you know, uh, there's been big hits like um, Jill Sims' book, um, um, which is based on her blog called um, Mubby Drinks. Mm. Um, you know, mm. that has spawned three or four novels and it sold bucket mm. loads. Um, so double-edged sword as well, isn't it? Because there was a situation recently where there was a writer, you know, he was in a... He was an established writer, um, and he was in a anthology of short stories. Mm. Uh, I think it was Doctor Who or something, but I'm not. I wouldn't say for sure. Um, well, hold on, stop. Doctor Who is the writer. <laughs> it's an anthology of Doctor Who stories. Okay. So he'd written, but um, he'd, he'd been found to have said something on Twitter years previously that that people had found offensive, and he was taken off right. the um, off the list for it. Well, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. these again. It's yeah. literally the double-edged sword because mm. you know it's. Uh, I, I feel sick just thinking about it. You know, um, all not those, that I say all those things you said. <laughs> all those poetry <laughs> comments will come back to haunt you, Mike. A few yeah. years time. If this was a Twitter feed, oh, I would definitely. Be out <laughs> you know, of but work. on a serious part of that is those is you know is is anyone's past is available yeah. like that then it does make it feel um yeah a little bit more uh more, more jeopardy that they can't kind of make their mistakes and i mean what's your, what has your publisher said to you about about your twitter your your social media presence? <laughs> i'm afraid they've said nothing I mean, they're entirely uh, unaware of it really oh. uh, no nobody ever said anything to me about it and you think that's a good thing or, or a bad thing um, it's. I guess it's probably a bad thing. <laughs> it probably suggests you know massive apathy. No, I mean it's it's fine by me. I mean I guess I'm maybe not. Um, I'm not kind of high powered enough for anyone to bother that much about it. I think you know if you're out there with a big profile, it's kind of a lot more. But I mean, as you say, then you know someone in an anthology of Doctor Who books still gets uh, gets kind of hauled over the courts over something. The the other thing I think is interesting is that is that with with this social media thing, you. It, it, it's this idea that number of followers tra- translates directly into sales, and, mm. it, and it doesn't work yeah. at, at yeah, all. Yeah. There was—I was reading a, a thing. Um, Dave Trotted, as a, a column in, in Campaign Magazine, was talking about you know an Instagram influencer who I think she had something like two point one million uh, followers, and couldn't even get thirty six people to buy. Her fashion range, mm. um, it, it, you know, that she, she she was writing. You know, he's got these posts, and you know, she's writing these posts. I like, say, I just yeah. need thirty six people to buy. You know, and you know, we can go to the next. Like, I'm, I remember when no, was it Naomi Campbell? You know, and she was like the biggest megastar, yes. and she and she was going out with someone in U two, and and then she released an album, and it was written by you know someone out of U and it sold like a thousand copies or something. Yeah. Yeah. She, she wrote a book called Swan, uh, which no one remembers. And it, again, it, it's that that sense of. 
can we translate celebrity yeah. in whatever form into... Yeah, and I think with social media as well, I, I mean, I'd imagine that, you know, people who are really successful on social media translate most easily into a certain type of book, maybe not necessarily novels, yeah. you know, maybe more the kind of like, you know, Dolly Alderton kind of, you know, memoir-y kind of, that, that I can see that working. But, you know, the whole thing about... You know, social media is apparently, you know, killing everyone's concentration spans. They can't even read novels anymore. So, you know, I just wonder whether they're sort of slightly at odds with the novel format. Mm. Yeah. I'm just saying, I've just released a lot of tweets all at once (laughs) (laughs) on paper. Um, Next up, I thought we'd talk about um, Angie Thomas. So um, this happened a couple of months ago. So essentially what happened was uh, she asked reviewers, um, quite politely, I think, um, to stop including her in bad reviews yeah so it wasn't even I I remember this she didn't say she didn't say don't give me a bad review she just said don't tag me (laughs) um, so I can read this and feel miserable and uh, it just kicked up a whole storm of people saying that she was censoring um, that you know um that uh, she was really arrogant. That she was said, arrogant. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, and the you know, um, and the, and it started this whole debate about you know whether it was because she was black or whatever. But it's, it's just strange. This this people. Oh, yeah, I, I suppose part part of it comes down to um, the, the sort of fans that you've got, especially teenage fans, and they are quite. Um, Vocal. <laughs> and <laughs> so, stroppy. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I can't really imagine that happening with adults, you know, wanting to sort of feel that way, but I, I don't I know. Don't, I was, I, I hosted an event, as, as I do, um, <laughs> with um, Simon Thomas recently. He's written a book about his, uh, it's a memoir of his experience of, uh, of bereavement. Um, and what he did was quite interesting because he was, he was high profile. He's a, a sports presenter on Sky. Uh, and he got a lot of you know people commenting you know really unpleasant stuff on Twitter, and he engaged with these guys, and he said you know he he just contacted this guy, said give me your phone number, I'll ring you up and talk to you about this. And this guy <laughs> did, and he rang him up, and he said like, this guy was like amazed that he did, but he just said like, why why are you saying this? Um, and he really engaged with these people, and I found that you know whilst he was yeah. going through you know horrendous, he actually did that, and I just think you know he's very brave and very you know. You know, very very brave and, and 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 powerful thing to do. But I can't imagine ever even wanting to go near that. If I if I just had, if anyone gave any bad review of any meal I've ever cooked, uh, <laughs> that would be. It. I would leave that for me. So I've left them a number of relationships on that basis. <laughs> Catherine, do you, do you think there should be a right of reply for writers in in terms of bad reviews? Well, I think I mean there is and there can be. I think it's probably dumb to to you know to do that you know like Alan de Botton did years ago with that guy who gave him a bad review and he just launched in saying you know I wish you ill for the rest of you know this incredible you know it, it just you know the, the comments after that in his comments were loads of people saying oh god I, I actually really liked the book that you gave a bad review to but now I'm never going to read Alan de Botton again because he sounds such a knob so um, I think you know you've got to just turn the other cheek I mean I think Angie Thomas what she said was completely fair enough like why are you why tag me if yeah. you're just like in the book off. Obviously, I'm not going to love reading that. And she said very reasonably, I think this was the thing that, that was contentious. She said, there are people whose opinions I, I, I need to hear when I'm writing and that I rely on. And, and I suppose the implicit message was yours is not one of them. But it's, I mean, obviously, obviously. And so I think on the one hand, she maybe could have just used a filter <laughs> to uh, avoid seeing those things. But yeah, I mean, it just comes back to the, the age old enigma of like, how are people such 
dickheads online. You know, that's that's all it boils down to, really. Well, it's interesting. I, I was just thinking, I was just remembering that uh, early version of Amazon. Um, <laughs> uh, you, used, you used to be able to respond to people's responses. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah and I, I, did you do it? Um, I actually <laughs> confess I did, actually. When, when uh, So this was back in 2007. Someone uh, wrote something about um, in, a, in a review of my girlfriend, and it was yeah. the, the early days of Amazon. Yeah, I was just so <laughs> livid, so <laughs> utterly furious that I, I, I no, in fact, it was in, it, 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 it wasn't a bright reply. The people used to put their email addresses on it. Oh right! Oh wow! And I emailed them. <laughs> I didn't tell her who I was. I just I emailed her. No. Wasn't it? Wasn't it uh, kind of clear who it was? And, and, and I just said, "Well, look, right. You, you said that uh, you guessed the ending, right? Just tell me how or yeah. what information you based this." <laughs> and uh, she just wrote back and said, "Who is this? Who is this?" Oh. I said, "Ah, oh, forget it." Yeah. I, I, I've, oh, Mike, I love that I you know, did that. I know it's insane, but it's it, not. It, it's amazing. But it was just, and I, I've learned since just to ignore it. You know, I remember. Um, Getting particularly um, well again, you know, bad reviews. I have known. Um, <laughs> so Private Eye did, uh, uh, you know, one of their takedowns. Oh um, God! And I've been in. Tw- they did it twice on oh, books of mine. And uh, you guys kind of just think to yourself, oh, I, that was when I learned to let it go because I just realised that's what they do, and the very fact that they're even trying to do a takedown is is evidence of the fact that you're actually doing really well. So. Um, Jesus, yes, I've, I've learned to live with it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm, uh, just, just the thought of it makes me feel somewhat unwell. Um, now, shall we move on? Yeah, well, I, 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 yeah, we, we could story. do, but I, I just, I just, it is a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to go on about this, but it is a little bit like someone just walking down the street around him and just sort of saying, I don't mind your youngest kid, but your oldest kid is quite ugly. Mm. And you're like, yeah, but uh, somebody hold me back. Yeah, my my response tends to be lifelong simmering resentment towards anyone who's ever sort of said a bad thing about me in print. I remember their name, yeah. and you know, I kind of just that's that, that's what I internalise that, that it. Happen because everybody loves you. No, we no, they don't. And you know, you get little, you know, the occasional snide comments. And you're like, oh, well, I've got your card marked <laughs> for the rest of your days. Oh. I'm terrified here. <laughs> These two revealing themselves to be slightly psychotic grudge bears. Uh, fortunately, I can honestly say I have enjoyed all of your works. Uh, so that's a relief. That's a relief. Um, now, we're conscious of time moving on apace. Um, it's been such a... Having such a brilliant time. Um, should we talk about... Um, well, what I do want to hear um, is, is Catherine's uh, library work um, is that is that a good time to do that yes, now, yeah, yeah, that um, the, the reason I'm um, I'm interested in this Catherine is as, as I mentioned uh, I have written uh, a book <laughs> um, but one of the things that I've been doing um, for that is is researching kind of you know all sorts of different ways um one of which is just go, you know just going around google street view and just looking at things and yeah i've never noticed that and stuff. um but it, it sort of makes me think about this whole thing of you know the, so this project you're doing is, is you're visiting these places and, and writing about them yeah is this something that you do with all your writing do you, do you kind of immerse yourself in a physical location or, or whatever maybe? 
Um, well, I mean, location is, is really important to me, but I kind of get around that by generally setting my books in, in Birmingham, so it doesn't require too much. You know, I, I keep away from, you know, the Arctic Circle. You the and, <laughs> um, you know, there was one that Mr Lynch's holiday was set in Spain, and uh, I had lived in Spain, and I kind of... I did a little bit, actually, where you do, I sort of went over there to try and find some ghost towns, but I also kind of used Google Maps and things to try and get a sense of places. So I think I actually do find... I don't do very much research for my novels, unsurprisingly. But um, but place, I think for me, I find it really hard to write about somewhere completely imagined. You know, it's, I need to have some sort of topography in my head. But it, it's really interesting what you're saying about, about Google, um, Google Street Maps View, and yeah. Street View um, because it has revolutionised yes. research. Yeah. I remember doing a, a, a scene set in uh, Sydney and being able to be so specific about yeah. what streets you know as I, when I read it back I just thought do I live here yeah. you know, it, it literally sounded like I was just a local and yeah. um so yeah it, it's it's an amazing tool that's yeah. great I mean do you remember, I mean this is a slightly different thing before we get onto libraries but do you remember um years ago that book that got loads of I think it won a Costa award Steph Penny's uh, tenderness of wolves mm, yes, yes and uh, and then it, it turned out that she hadn't actually been to um I think it was the Arctic Circle actually it was saying um or maybe Alaska Canadian or somewhere Rock yeah or somewhere, yes yeah. so um that she'd never been there in fact she was agoraphobic apparently and um though I did keep seeing her at literary parties that year so <laughs> Anyway, came back to her. Um, and she got an enormous amount of stick for setting a novel somewhere she hadn't been. And it just seemed absolutely well, crazy. I, 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 think it's, I think it's madness because, I, I was, I was, as you were saying that, I was thinking about there was a, there was a novel that got a lot of um, attention a few years ago. And it was written by an American teenager, but it was set in, uh, in, in Plymouth in the UK. And I don't know why she chosen that. That's really and it's about weird. a middle-aged woman. But it was just like that's what we do. We we yeah. inhabit things. You know, yeah. it's not, um, you know, a, a real-world document. It, it, you know, relating to the whole world and saying this is exactly what it's like. It's it's we're storytellers. But do you find now that you have to justify uh, the choices and the stories you tell? I mean, I found. With my uh, latest book, um, it's the the father of one of the John's a compulsive gambler. He's got he's an addict, and I found myself sort of thinking, oh right, well I better make sure that I've got a reason to tell that story and make sure that I've got some you know background of addiction in my family, which hey luckily I have, so that's fine. But you know, do you find oh god, before I write about this character, I better make sure I, I'm not going to be accused of appropriating someone else's experience? Because I, I say bring it on, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Be- because I, I think you know. We, we write about the world and anything that happens in the world is fair game. Yeah. You know, it's it's not... Again, I, th- I feel like this is a, a sort of a, a spin-on from um, reality TV shows where instead of, you know, whether it's about your talent to sing or your talent to dance or whatever, you know, we're constantly getting told about your backstory as though that's the most important yeah. thing. Yeah. And I don't think it is. No. I, I, yeah. Right. Well, tell us about. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be incredibly um, anticlimactic. So now, um, did you did you visit this library, or are you just making it up? Is it, is it just your impression of what you imagine this library? Would be? Well, this is going to be really. Uh, to be fair, both uh, would be uh, equally as good. To be honest, <laughs> I did actually visit this library. Uh, the, the library uh, this month is Northfield Library, and uh, I've I've been there. I've been there a lot of times. Actually, I went there a few years ago to do an event, which was actually, you know, a bit like a, a saying, "Well done to Mike for having a lovely readers." 
well done Northfield Library because the people who came to that event were lovely it was a really nice event um, and uh, so I went there a couple of weeks ago actually to do some writing funnily enough because um, someone was working in the house so I went there and, and, and I'm afraid to say I haven't written an essay about my experiences but I, I, I've got a kind of a little story to tell about it um, which is uh, you guys might already know this do you know anything about Northfield Library? No. Okay so I went there and I wrote and I listened to various you know eavesdropped on lots of conversations which will probably end up being in an essay at some point but as I was leaving I noticed that there were two plaques on the front wall of the library and the first one was fairly standard saying um, this library erected by the Kings Norton and Northfield Urban District Council in 1906 from funds provided by Andrew Carnegie Esquire you know loads of libraries in Birmingham were funded by the Carnegie um, was rebuilt by the city of Birmingham Free Libraries Committee after destruction by fire so that was plaque number one I thought oh, there you go then plaque two was uh, the Birmingham Civic Society and it says centenary of the representation of the people act and it was this, I won't read all of it because it's quite long, but basically it was talking about the women's suffrage movement. And I thought, oh, OK, I guess maybe they used to meet here or something. Um, blah, blah, blah. So we get down to the last sentence. It's members, later known as suffragettes, uh, engaged in militant tactics across the city to gain the vote, including the burning of Northfield Library on 11th of February 1914. So it's like, <laughs> oh, right, nice. <laughs> it was them that actually burnt it down. That's actually well. So then I was kind of intrigued by this. And, uh, you know, it's, that's what's great about going to the library. You know, suddenly you, you stumble across these things you had no idea about. And so I found, there's something very cool about this. I found um, a newspaper article from the time about it. And I was going to read out a bit of that to you. Is that all right? Or is well, that a bit, do, yeah. it's a bit, um, I might struggle a bit because it's actually a really bad quality print. But um, so this was, I don't know what the newspaper was, but this is from 1914. Um, the headline of the article was uh, Suffragette Outrages, because there were quite a few in the same week. They were burning everything. Northfield Library is situated in Church Road. and The fire was first noticed shortly after two o'clock by a man named E. Jinx, who lived in a cottage almost opposite the building. He hurried round to the fire station, which is only a few hundred yards away, and a second or two after he had given the alarm, a second... Uh, a second alarm was received by telephone from Police Constable Broderick. Uh, the Northfield contingent, blah, blah, blah. It goes on about all the raising the alarm. It goes into a lot of detail about exactly who responded at which point. Um, the flames had got such a hold that it was impossible to save any portion of the building. Soon after the arrival of the brigade, the roof and the ventilating shaft with its heavy metal top fell in with a crash. The building is situated in a very open spot and this gave the strong wind blowing every opportunity to fan the flames until the walls were, to quote Officer Brettel's description of them, a regular furnace. There were between 1,500 and 1,600 books in the building and every one, of course, has been destroyed. On the spikes of some railings at the rear was, was, were found a suffragette paper marked give women the vote and this is the bit that's crazy and also a brown paper parcel containing a book by Miss Christabel Pankhurst on which was written to start your new library I know. I mean, I do not condone the burning of libraries, but that is pretty stylish, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> stick this in your pipe. I was going to say, wow. and of all the buildings to, to kind of do, I know. clearly they sat around and, and just thought, 
right, okay, and this is the point that we're going to make. But you know, why not the town hall? I know. Well, I, to why, be fair, I think they were. Are, they're actually going to use. They, I think they were burning. Uh, they wanted to burn empty buildings, which I guess is good, but also <laughs> um, public buildings. I think around the same time, someone went in and slashed a painting in Birmingham Museum, and they were, they were, they were pretty active. They were setting fire to everything. Not no. You no. Know, I just thought it was really no. in front of horses, and that was. Yeah. Like, I did not know they did that. Yeah, no, they were pretty. But I love that to start your new library. Yeah, That's a that pretty... is. <laughs> A mic drop, 1914 style. Really isn't it? Fantastic. So oh, that's, that's, that's my library uh, safari this month. Well, actually, that, that sort of brings us very neatly to the end of the show because we're going to talk about um, our summer reads. Ah, yeah. And uh, my first summer read is actually uh, Lisa Evans' Old Baggage. Ah, uh, which yeah, is about the yeah. suffrage movement. Uh, and apparently yeah. people have been raving about it and saying how funny it is. And so I'm really looking forward to it. I really like Lisa Evans. Um, uh, read that. So what else um, has she written? She wrote that one that was turned into a film uh, about uh, the Second World War and the radio programs. I didn't watch it. You might. Was it Our Nation's Saving Private? Oh, no, Finest that's, Hour. That's the, the full album, about, isn't it? <laughs> the Finest Hour, yeah. yeah about the making, of, like, the making a play or something. Yes, and yeah. also she'd done lots of kids' books. She'd Wed Wabbit, which was quite um, mm. a good... Yeah. Uh, my other choice is going to be uh, Before She Knew Him by Peter Swanson. Um, he's a, a he writes sort of noirish um, sort of thrillers, and I really enjoyed his his, uh, his his debut in this past few. So um, I'm hoping for good things for that. And then finally, um, is, I'm going to read The Gifted, The Talented, and um, Me by William Sutcliffe, which is um, I've not read any of uh, his uh, his children's books, but I, I know his adult books. So, um, yeah, and he's a yeah. very funny writer, and yeah. uh, he's married to um, Maggie O'Farrell. Ah, which right. I suppose he must have all the time. Oh, so you're married to Maggie O'Farrell. <laughs> um, he's, he's his own right person as a, as a writer as well. So. Yeah, and quite, <laughs> quite well established at that. Yeah. I mean, Catherine, are you a holiday? Are you someone that reads on holiday? Um, I guess, to be honest, I don't get much more time in the summer to read than I do any other time. So it's just kind of standard read for me. I'm going to read, obviously, Jonathan Coe's Middle England, ideally before tomorrow night when I go along to <laughs> see you host the event. Um, I'm also reading a book by um, Susanna Staple, it's a non-fiction book. Susanna Stapleton, who I think is actually a big mate with Lister Evans, and it's called um, The Adventure, Adventures of Maud West, Lady Detective. And basically, it's, it's, she's done loads of research. She found a real-life golden age of crime lady detective operating in London in the sort of 1920s and she's done this massive amount of research and it's kind of hilarious and unbelievable but it's I'm really so it's, enjoying it's that. a novel or it's a no it's I'm, it's it's a you know a, a historical non-fiction right, but it's okay. um it's yeah my wife Liz because she, she loves that sort of thing yes it again, I think it's called the adventures of Maud West lady so, detective put in some combination of those words so yeah that's next on my list what about you Blake um, well, I have to say, I've, um, I feel like I should probably resign my position because one of the things that's happened to me recently, since I did this re- this research for the book, was I've just got completely obsessed with non-fiction. And I just... That's I'm fine, just, we're books, we can yeah, talk yeah, about non-fiction. Um, so, but I have been reading loads and I've become... I've been, I've been loving very specific... I've been finding books about individual <laughs> years and just reading about all, everything that happened okay. in that year. So uh, They are I'm, actual books, yeah? yeah? They're not just like... <laughs> Phone directories. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> um, so I've just uh, I'm just starting a book about 1983. 
Okay. Yeah. Like, so, what, what sort of genre? Like, contemporary, no, not contemporary, history, history. recently. Well, so, yeah, well, I mean, 1983 was, was a very interesting, it was all geopolitical mm-hmm. one. But um, I've also read a book uh, about 1971, which was um, a music journalist make, make, oh, trying to make the case yeah. this was the greatest David year. David Hepworth, yeah. wasn't right, it? Yeah. Fantastic writer. Lovely, great writer. And a brilliant book as well. So, I'm not, I've been I'm doing not a lot of, of his, uh, You're not a fan of his? I'm not massively, no. Well, um, <laughs> he's, you're, going, you're going on his list, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I, I'm a big fan, um, and yeah. So I'm. I'm uh, I've, I've also. I've. I've gone and read Max. Finally, read Max Hastings. Enormous. A history of the Second World War as well. Oh, you're becoming mm. a proper man. That's what yeah. they, they, yeah. you, you, you well, see them with their Max Hastings. Well, the thing there, is, is this is, my, my girlfriend's quite horrified by this. She says, you know, if you stop reading novels, that's just just like a sign that What's you the are point of growing you? up. And it's like, well, like, not all growing up, but just being like boring and like, you know. But I think there is, yeah. There's there's a, there's a moment where, yeah. You, uh, but I'm also very. Uh, but one novel I am really looking forward to reading is um, Sam Lipschitz. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've read and read his, but uh, he's got a new book out called Hark or The Hark, which I'm extremely uh, excited about. And also, I've just received today the new book uh, by Antti Tuominen. He's a Finnish oh, writer. Yeah. It's called, uh, his new one's called Little Siberia, and I've really enjoyed all his other stuff, um, which are kind of um, well, quite hard to categorise, um, very sort of darkly funny are they set in specific years? Or they are they not specific Anyway, that's what I'm, I'm saying. You know, I'm, into, I'm into history, man. And I've just read the Lunar Society book, The Lunar Men, um, oh, which is just yes. brilliant. Yes, I've heard that's really good. About, yeah, which is... Um, so I, think, I think we're very much like that, aren't we? You know, we're sort of leading luminaries the, the, the of the, uh, <laughs> the Birmingham's. They'll, they'll look back in years to come and, and refer to us as the second Lunar well, Society. Well, you know, the, the reason I started writing this... With, Reading this was because um, I wanted to include it in the book I've written about was is about these 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 people that sort of are the kind of modern version of right. Them. Um, but what I discovered when I read it that what these what these lunar society guys who are these industrialists and, and yeah. um, magnates are there they would have these meetings and then they would walk home. But there was no street lamps. And so it was pretty dangerous. Be. There were footpads about. So there was these people whose job it was to walk them home with lights these were mm. called link boys right and it was their job just to sort of walk the gentlemen home and keep them safe and for that that's what we are we're the link boys of the modern era uh, walking in front of the uh, in front of them holding the lights Look at you with your can yeah. I can I just destroy your metaphor a minute because I thought the whole reason they were called the Lunar Society was because they only met when it was a full moon so there was enough light to walk home yeah well so that's just destroyed that for me with your link boys okay I'm going <laughs> to blow your mind with something that happened uh, all through history clouds Clouds still occurred, and especially smoky clouds in that area. Still dark. So those are our uh, summer summer choices. Um, We'd love to know what yours are. So you can email us at uh, bookclub at brumradio.com or you can uh, Twitter Twitter us, Twitter or Twitter us. At, at Brum Radio underscore books. We bring the, the we bring we've been the Brum Radio book show. We're very tired. And we're operating uh, at about thirty eight degrees. Yes, yes, yes. we're sweltering. <laughs> we're gradually taking off <laughs> clothes and then just it's um so next time if we're here we'll be doing this naked. So, <laughs> so anyway we've been the Brum Radio Thank book show. radio to uh, <laughs> quote Alan Partridge, I never thought I'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've been the Brum Radio book show. Thank you very much for listening. Take care. Good night.